Welcome back, guys, to Cocoa Butter Travel Podcast. And in today's episode, I have Jocelyn. She's a dancer from the US and she has traveled all around the world. So, Jocelyn, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Um, currently, I am in Adelaide, Australia. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just got here about a week ago. So, it's been good. <laughs> Nice. How's the weather down there? It's actually um, a bit cooler than I was expecting after spending like so much time in far north Queensland and being in the tropics. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely a lot cooler, but we still have some nice days and, you know, there's beaches and stuff out here. So I've got a few beach days in. Today it's a bit rainy, but it's definitely on the cooler side, but it's still nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So could you just introduce yourself to everybody? Like where where exactly in the US are you from? How old are you? Like your background, yada, 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 all of this. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm 27. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up uh, a little bit outside of Philadelphia in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, I am a first-generation American, so we'll half. Uh, my father was born in Guyana in South America. Yeah. Um, but I was raised in the US. Um, yeah. And I started traveling probably around age 19. Um, was mostly just traveling within the US. And over the last five or so years, I've started traveling internationally. Yeah. Um, I am a professional dancer. Um, so I travel mostly for gigs and performances. I've worked with a lot of. Uh, big uh, entertainment companies and music festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the last two years, I have kind of just been doing more of my own thing as a freelance performer, yeah. um, which has just given me a lot more opportunity to travel because I get to dictate like my schedule and my performances and everything. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. And I met Grace um, while I've been in Australia. I've been here for about a year. Uh, coming up in just a few days, it'll be one year exactly. And yeah, so I just love uh, movement, moving my body, moving around the world, exploring. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of what I'm all about. Nice. So <laughs> how um, how did your passion for dancing start it? Um, I've really been like an entertainer my whole life. Um, I've always loved to perform and growing up like in school, I was on the dance team and cheerleading team. And I never really thought it was something that I was going to pursue um, as a career. I -hmm. knew that I wanted to work in entertainment, but I went to university for broadcasting actually. Um, I thought I wanted to do more of like journalism type stuff and learned a lot about uh, like TV production. And then I kind of, Uh, just switched up and decided that I had more fun being in front of the camera than behind it. Yeah. And I started um, at Electric Daisy Carnival, which is a really popular music festival in the United States, but they've done events all around the world. Um, And they were really like my first big gig, my big performance. Um, Yeah. yeah. In the Las Vegas show, they have like over 200,000 attendees. So Being on stage and looking out into a crowd that size and like feeling off their energy is really what made me decide that, wow, I really, really love doing this and I'm going Mm -hmm. to pursue it. And 
Um, I picked up some other trades like uh, Ariel, like similar to like Cirque du Soleil, um, like Ariel Silks and Lyra, Trapeze. Um, yeah. And then I got into fire dancing as well. Um, and I think having these other trades kind of made me more of a well-rounded performer. So um, I've just been able to do a lot more and kind of turn it into like a full-time jam rather than just like a passion project or a side yeah. hustle. So it's been a lot of fun. It's it's definitely very rewarding. It was a bit of a hard industry to break into, but um, mm-hmm. like everything, you know, you learn and you grow. And I think yeah, it's yeah. always amazing being able to turn your passion into profits and make money yeah. doing something that you really enjoy. Yeah, the entertainment industry, um, I mean, especially as an artist, I feel like it's very, very hard. And yeah, so kudos to you for keeping it up. <laughs> so you worked in festival clubs concerts as well yeah yeah um, and what which one is your favorite you say um i'm always going to have a lot of love for electric daisy carnival just because you know that was kind of how i got my foot in the door um and with the insomniac team i've been able to travel and perform in mexico india japan Las Vegas. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's really where I got like my roots in this entire industry. So I always have a lot of love for them, but, um, I think also my second favorite would be, uh, the gardens of Babylon festival, um, that I was able to offer a fire show at, um, when they had their festival in Bali in 2019. I think that was really exciting because that was my first time performing as like a soloist um, rather than with an entire uh, group or team of dancers or performers. Um, They just let each individual artist showcase their talents. So it was fun getting to be like the choreographer, um, the costume designer, the director of my whole show. And I had a lot of creative freedom with that performance. So Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that too. So did you start it like through an agency uh yeah. Yeah. Um so mostly with this type of work, I mean other than freelancing, uh a lot of like entertainment agencies already exist. So what you can do is audition um or send your, you know, um portfolio and demo reels in as an online submission. Um and basically they will go out and find clients like different events or venues um basically anywhere that needs a little extra entertainment and they basically you get booked through them so that's really a good way to network when you're first starting out um is to get involved with the agencies especially if you don't know how to pitch clients on your own yet it's definitely a really good start okay yeah so about the travel part now did you um, started traveling because of that job or were you traveling on the side, uh, like on holiday by yourself or something? Yeah. So when I started traveling, like within the U S it was kind of just out of curiosity to see what was out there. Um, I grew up in like near Philly. So I was used to like a city life, um, cold weather. And I was just really intrigued. Uh, the United States is a fairly large country and, it really is different in each part of the U S that you go to. Um, so I started traveling, um, 
I eventually moved to San Diego, California. Yeah. And that's around that time that I moved is kind of when I started getting booked more consistently and my career kind of took off from there. Um, that same year that I moved to San Diego was the same year that I got booked to perform in India and also in Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, so since those opportunities arose, I think it really showed me what was possible to do as an artist. And ever since then, I just kind of made it my mission to travel as far as I can and see, you know, where it would be open to me sharing my gifts. Yeah. 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 So which country have you traveled to so far? Um, I've traveled to Mexico. Um, I've performed in Monterrey, Mexico, as well as Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Um, I traveled to India. I did a festival in New Delhi, um, Tokyo, Japan, um, uh, Bali, Indonesia, uh, Ibiza, Spain, yeah. and Australia. I did a festival in Queensland, and I will be doing another festival coming up in April. And I've traveled to Thailand too, but it was just for more of like holiday purposes. I was only there for a short time, but yeah. What festival are you going to do in April? It's called Rabbits Eat Lettuce. It's a four-day music and arts festival. And I will be performing on three of those days. I'll be doing some fire shows. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm really excited for this one. It's uh, my first big event of 2021. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just got booked recently. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, yeah. So the videos that I saw um, of you on the Instagram, is it like you're training for that or is it something else? Um, I just like to post videos of either uh, past performances or even sometimes just practice videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I've made this Instagram account to kind of dedicate to uh, my performance, especially yeah. in today's day and age, like um, – Social media can just be a reference. It's kind of like just an easy access portfolio. So um, clients and agencies can just, you know, scroll through my page and see a little bit more of what I do. So it's kind of a mix of the content that I put out there. It's just what I look like in costume or different characters I've played and some of my skills that I have. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So which country was your favorite to travel to? Oh, definitely Ibiza, Spain. I would live there all year round if I could. Um, (laughs) It is, I think Ibiza has a reputation of just being this like wild party island. And although that's definitely true and you can Mm -hmm. have a good sesh there, there is such a special energy um, that you can tap into like spiritually I don't know if that exactly makes sense, but it's just a feeling that I got as soon as I landed there that, that I knew that that place was going to be very magical. And I've just had so many beautiful experiences there. Um, I love the food. I love, you know, the culture. I love the Spanish language. Um, They've got gorgeous sunsets and beautiful beaches, especially if you get the chance to explore the Northern part of the Island. Um, it's away from like all of the big club and party scene. But I think if anyone travels to Ibiza, I know everyone wants to go to like Pasha and, you know, do the whole club thing, but it's definitely worth it to visit up North and attend some of the drum circles and 
um, get into some meditation. It's just a really beautiful, magical place. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting because um, I've actually never been to Ibiza because because of that, because of the reputation like in Europe. Um, if you go there, it's just to party and, and whatnot and show off kind of, mm-hmm. uh, showing off culture. So, yeah, I've never been attracted by that destination, maybe because of what everybody else said about it. So, I mean, now it's going to be complicated for me to go there, but (laughs) maybe one day. Yeah. No, it definitely um, gets a wrap for just being this wild party place. And like I said, there's definitely some of the craziest parties I've ever been to in my life have taken place on that island. But I also believe that um, the kind of energy that you bring is also what you're going to attract. So I think that there's people that go there with that mindset of, Oh, I'm just going to rage for the, for the next week or for however, however long they're staying. Um, but if you're someone that's really looking for spiritual growth and a supportive community in that sense, then that's definitely available to you there. It's kind of one of the hidden gems, I think, which is what I like about it. I love traveling and finding, um, places it might be a little bit uh less discovered by like the mass population or you know so I think with that being a tourist destination for parties it was really even more special getting to um have those experiences of what more the island had to offer because it really is truly magical there's really not a lot of ways to put it into words it's like a feeling that I get I just got chills thinking about it Um, (laughs) but it's just gorgeous yeah and so what was the destination that you liked the least then? Ooh, my least favorite. Yeah. America. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> um, no, I, I do like my home country a lot, but I'd say actually perhaps Australia. Um, mm-hmm. And I think maybe because it it's so similar to me, um, to American culture like um yeah I'd say probably Australia would be my least favorite and I think the only reason being that it is so similar to home that it doesn't feel like I enjoy like the culture shock or like you know experiencing like the differences and I feel like there's a lot of similarities in the lifestyles um and just everything really between the U.S. and Australia yeah yeah but Australia is also a very big country and I have not been able to explore as much of it as I would have liked to due to COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, So who's to say like Australia could be my favorite. Um, I still have a lot more time to spend here and a lot more to see, but yeah. 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 Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I haven't, I've actually not traveled that much around Australia and I've been here for three years because mm-hmm. for me, the idea was more come here, make some money, um, eventually try to stay permanently and use it as my home base and then just travel around Asia or travel in the Pacific because Australia is very expensive. Yeah, and, it is. Yeah, even if you're making... You can make a lot of money here and the quality of life is so much better than in Europe. I mean, from in Belgium, where I am from. But now due to COVID, yeah, I feel like exploring more, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Australia. But I don't know. I'm a bit like the culture. 
I just still feel like there's no real culture. I 100% agree with that. And I think that's what's kind of tricky about it. Because America is the same, obviously, with um, immigrants from everywhere else in the world all migrated mm-hmm. to the U.S. So our culture, our food is has um, different heritage, really. And I think Australia is very similar to that. There's nothing yeah, yeah. to me in my experience so far um, that I could say is unique to this country alone. Yeah, yeah. Other yeah, than yeah. like the animals, like kangaroo, you know what I mean? The crocodile yeah, 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 yeah. and all the other dangerous species. <laughs> yeah. I do, I do sense though that, uh, I mean, I haven't traveled much around the US, but um, I do feel like the. How can I say this? So there's a lot of immigrants there and here as well in Australia, but I feel like in the US it's more blended into the cult, the American culture, more or less. You know, like the food and um, the different places where you can go. When I say this, I'm thinking about New Orleans uh, has a very special vibe, uh, completely different. Uh, California is completely different. You go to New York, it's completely different. Here, wherever you go in Australia, it's kind of, it, it, there's not a big difference between each cities. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I'd say that maybe Melbourne is probably the most multicultural. Yeah, um, definitely. But there really isn't that much of a difference between each city other than um, the weather, really. Yeah, 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 pretty much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, Australia is also a fairly new country. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Only been developed maybe within the last 200 or so years. So I think that they still have a lot of time to, to growth and integrate um, everything else that was brought here. Yeah, yeah. As well as what was already existing here before um, yeah. the European yeah, yeah. settlers arrived. Yeah, do you think they need to include that culture? Because I'm saying there's no culture, but there is a culture that yeah. is just uh, kind of hidden and you you need to make a little bit more researches than you would uh, while traveling in other countries or you can be mis- misled. I remember my first year here, I went to an, an, a zoo or something. Not a zoo, but you know, more like it's a mix of a zoo and a mix of conservation. Yeah. I don't know. And um, there was a show, an Aboriginal show, and I was so confused. I was like, why would you mix an Aboriginal show or cultural whatnot with a zoo, with animals? Mm-hmm. Do you know? Like, I found it so weird to mix both. And the only thing that makes me think of is, yeah, they're just animals, and we're just showing them off yeah. to forests. So I was quite I was quite shocked when when I did that two years ago, and now I'm finding more uh, activities or more events where you can actually get to learn more about the Aboriginal culture and whatnot. But I'd be I'd be careful. Like if you want to come to Australia and you want to know more about the Aboriginal culture, I'll make extra researches and not just look at what um, the tourist agencies are trying to sell you. Like I would definitely not recommend most of these tours because I feel like it's not as authentic as yeah. you do your and whatnot. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. 
I feel like that kind of goes for everywhere, though, too. Um, Toys can be really effective in some countries because some places that might be the safest uh, way to really dive in. But I'm always appreciative of getting to know the locals and diving in with the authenticity of the place and really getting that real feel for it. I've never really um, been much of a person that travels to stay like in resorts or or anything like that. I, I'd much rather kind of just dive right in uh, head first and get to that real that real feeling of like what it would be like to actually be living there. So would you say that you're a budget traveler or you're, do you do like, how do you say, uh, not Airbnb, what is it, uh, couch surfing and stuff like that? I have actually never tried couch surfing. Um, and a friend of mine uh, who actually just came to Adelaide, we were trying to figure out if we were like staying nearby to each other. And he was saying, Oh, well, I, you know, I found this place on couch surfing. I was like, Oh, what is that? Mm -hmm. And then I downloaded the app and I saw that I actually created an account in like 2013. So I think I I at one point had the intention of using it. um, But I never have. And also I've never uh, been one to stay in hostels until I came to Australia. And I think if there's anything that I think is the coolest or unique for me, at least to Australia, it would be the hostel and backpacker lifestyle because in the U.S. It, it's just really not a thing. Um, and if you would even say hostel, like most people I think wouldn't even know what it was. I didn't. Um, or it would be, I don't know, not something that would be looked down upon, but it would, it's, it's just not a common thing. It would be like a little bit weird or strange. And it's so... Yeah, yeah normal out here I think because they have such a large amount of backpackers because they really do Australia does make it very easy for people from any country to come into Australia and stay for extended periods of times with um, their working holiday visa they really accept a lot of people so I think hostels is probably one of the coolest things that I've done traveling within the past year. But I would say, yeah, I'm normally someone who, who books like Airbnbs. I have stayed in hotels when I know I'm going somewhere and my mission is to go there to perform. I really enjoy feeling like I have a solid home base. So I've even yeah. rented out apartments or sometimes on Airbnb you can do or on Airbnb you can do monthly rentals um and i just enjoy that when i'm there to like work more than travel and explore Um, yeah yeah but yeah australia has been an interesting experience especially because (laughs) of covid um but yeah it really all depends i think um when i was in india i did a homestay for a few days when i was in um agra so basically that was like staying with a family um, and they had extra rooms and they rented out to travelers. I thought that was a really unique experience because yeah. um, I'm literally staying in someone's home who lives there all year round. So they know more than anyone, all the things to see and do. Um, and, you know, they would cook like authentic uh, Indian breakfasts and lunches and dinners and yeah. you yeah. get to sit down and, and enjoy meals with the family And just exchange like um, cultural experiences. When I was in Bali, I had something that was like kind of similar to a homestay. It was almost like 
it was almost similar to a hostel, I guess. Like everyone, it was like a, a separate units, um, yeah. kind of like little mini apartments. So, you know, you had your own room and like living room and bathroom and everything, okay. but the amenities were shared. So like the kitchen was a shared space. Yeah, yeah. The pool was a shared space. So that would yeah, be they like have a lot of that in Asia, I, guess, uh, I feel like. Um a mix between hostel and homestay with uh, the locals. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's good for someone who like um, prioritizes like privacy while traveling, but also wants the opportunity to make friends easily. Um, Mm -hmm. Because when you're all staying in one place and, you know, you're meeting people from all over the world, it's a really great way to just network and, hear stories and make friends. So it was really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. What was your worst travel story? Like funny or like scary or something that happened during your travels? Uh, the worst thing was leaving Ibiza because I just felt in my heart and soul that um, it wasn't like my time to leave. Mm-hmm. I felt like I should definitely spend more time and... But for financial reasons, I was ready to uh, return back to the U.S. And I had a, a lot of gigs lined up there that I was looking forward to getting back to. And I miss my family. Um, yeah, yeah. But, like, I just still felt like I think everyone who travels, especially if you're a solo traveler, we really get the opportunity to connect with our intuition because that's really what what keeps us safe is is being able to rely on those hunches that we get, especially if you're yeah. a solo traveler as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, one, my gut was just telling me it wasn't time to leave, but you know, I booked the flight. Um, I then missed the flight. Then the next flight that I was able to get on uh, when I finally uh, landed back in the states, um, they had lost my luggage. Um, yeah, and. Like I had everything in my checked baggage, like everything, my journals, my like props to perform with dance costumes, just a lot of necessities that I relied on like day to day were all in that bag, clothing, everything. And I was really stressed because I had never had my luggage lost before. And it really stressed me out. And I was kind of like beating myself up about it because I was thinking that maybe that was my punishment for well not punishment but you know I think it you know that that might have happened because I left when I wasn't supposed to like I made it back but my bags were still stuck in Ibiza I think that they were in the Barcelona airport for a while and I was like oh maybe I was meant to stay in Spain (laughs) (laughs) you got them eventually yeah yeah Yeah, because sometimes you just don't even get that back or like months later. Yeah, um, I think it was about three weeks that I waited for my stuff. And it felt like the longest three weeks of my life. Like I was calling the airlines every day. And of course, it was difficult to get in touch with these with those airlines while I'm like on the other side of the world. It was really complicated. But I did get my stuff back eventually. Oh, well, yeah, (laughs) I know. I know. I know the feeling of, um, you know, that sixth sense and you really need to, to listen to it because it will guide you and help you sometimes. Mm-hmm. I was 
So just before coming to Australia, I traveled um, around Malaysia and Thailand. Mm-hmm. And uh, Thailand wasn't part of the plan in the first place. I was on CoPP with my friends and they were like, oh my God, in the few days, there's the full moon party happening on Copanyang. Mm-hmm. And you should come with us. And I was like, no, uh, in two days, I have a flight. And they're like, just change it. It's fine. Uh, you'll never get that opportunity again. And I was like, no, I'm going to Australia. It's just next door. I'll come back eventually. Never did. Um <laughs> And I was like, you know what, fuck it. So I changed my flight. I paid, I think, $200 or whatnot to change my flight. And I went to the full moon party. And now thinking about it, I'm so happy I did. Mm -hmm. Because it was an amazing experience. And um, I just listened to my instinct and I was like, okay, I'm with people that I trust. And uh, we've been traveling together for a few weeks. And I was like, yeah, let's just end our travels together this way yeah so I really like that about traveling yeah it's beautiful and like I think it's you know whenever you decide to like change course midway through a trip or when you follow those like spontaneous hunches or you know you take those invitations right on the fly it always turns out to be something that you're really really grateful for yeah yeah so that's awesome that's for sure what brought you to Australia while I was in Bali um, I had been offered the opportunity to teach dance um, at a new dance studio that was opening up. Mm-hmm. And that would require me to change visas from the one that I initially was on in Bali. Um, yeah. And for that visa application, I had to uh, submit it offshore. So um, I decided I would come to Australia to do so. Uh because the people who I initially went to Bali with too had just moved to Australia like a month prior to all this happening. So Mm -hmm. I figured I would go check out Australia. Um, It has, you know, been a destination that I wanted to visit at some point in my life. I wasn't expecting to come uh, now, but I'm glad I did. So really I just came here to visit some friends, uh, see if I could get any performances out here. Um, and take care of my visa situation. And then in that time frame, uh, COVID happened. And yeah. so I basically uh, never made it back to Bali. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ah, that's crazy. Yeah. So if the borders open, don't know when that will happen, but if the borders open, <laughs> will you keep on going with your Bali project then? So unfortunately, with this studio being a brand new studio that was intended to open in like the second week of March, Mm -hmm. um, Bali went into lockdown uh, around that time. And that studio, unfortunately, never was able to open. Um, And obviously, you know, it takes a lot of a a lot of preparation and a lot of money to open Mm -hmm. up a new business like that and to not be able to see any of the return on investment with um, obviously due to lockdowns, the studio being closed, that job offer, that position is, uh, it's no longer a thing. Like the studio mm-hmm. wasn't able to open. Oh, well. Yeah, oh, but I definitely would like to go back to Bali. I had a great time there. Um, and I really enjoy like the Balinese culture. Um, and I would like to see more of Indonesia as well, too. It's a very beautiful island. 
and I did really enjoy myself while I was there. So it's definitely a place that I would return to for sure. Okay. So how how do you see your your future? Like, are you gonna keep on traveling nomadically? Um, because now, I mean, we've been stuck in the country for almost a year. Uh, I don't know how long you've been away from home uh, before that, but uh, do you see yourself living in the U.S. again or just keep on traveling? Um, I'm very, very close with uh, my brothers. They're like my best friends. So I know without a doubt I would love to return to the U.S. to spend some time with them. I don't know if the U.S. is where I see myself settling for long term. I think it will always be a place that I return to to catch up with friends and family. But at this point in my life, I'm, I'm 27, and I definitely still have a lot of curiosity within me. There's a lot of destinations that I have yet to travel to. There's a lot of events worldwide that I could see myself being a part of that I would like to travel to these countries and offer my talents, my services to. Um, so I could definitely see myself continuing like a nomadic lifestyle for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of places that are still on my travel bucket list. And uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, what would be some advice then uh, for other people that would like to pursue their dreams like in an artistic way? Yeah, what, what would be your advice for them? Um, I would advise anyone as an entrepreneur or an artist um, to realize that that dream or that goal or that idea was placed within you for a reason. I 100% believe that we all have something to contribute to the world, um, no matter how strange or weird it is. Um, and that the world needs that and needs exactly what you, whatever that idea that was planted in your heart, it's because you are the one that's supposed to do that. Um, you know, especially for artists, there is that old saying of the starving artist. And I think that uh, in 2021, especially, the times have just changed. And there is so many ways to be effective and lucrative ways to become successful as um, a creator, even just creating content online, it's blown up so much. And I yeah, think yeah. that if you are hesitant because you think that it's different or that it's weird or that you're not going to have support, I would just encourage you to do it anyways. You know, I am very blessed to have an amazing support system in my life yeah. right now, but it wasn't that way when I started. Like when I dropped out of school because I wanted to be a circus performer and travel the world and put fire in my mouth and hang upside down <laughs> from a hula hoop. It sounded pretty crazy. Like it, it's funny, yeah. but it's people are like, what are you doing? And you're only going to do this for a few years. And now those are the people who are so proud of me and so supportive and even who want to like learn from me and learn how I've been able to do this. So mm -hmm. I would just say, you know, whatever talent, gift, or idea you have to just run with it. And even if you don't have support in the beginning, those people will turn around and be like, oh, I always believed in you. So just yeah, go after yeah. it. Is there any quote that helps you getting through your travels, like in life? You know, sometimes when you feel 
lonely or a bit sad or you're a bit lost and you're like, what the fuck am I doing here? Is this the right decision for me? Mm -hmm. Is there any saying or is there anything um, that helps you go through it? Yeah. um, I like to say that, you know, everything happens for a reason or that gravity rides everything. Things do tend to fall in place. And I think luck seems to favor the ones who are willing to take risks. So whenever I find myself in a situation like that where I might be doubting myself or or anything, I, I reflect on everything that I had already gone through and how far I've already come. And that really keeps me going. I also really, really love listening to Abraham Hicks. Okay. They have podcasts and uh, they're on YouTube as well. And they are just to me very inspirational and really you know help me get back into a mindset of gratitude and of sureness in in my path and confidence in uh my abilities <clears throat> and that I'm on the right track overall. Oh, I love that. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing. Mm-hmm. So, where can our listeners find you? Do you have a website, Instagram, Facebook, all of all of the good things. I love posting um, dance videos and updates on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is at Joss Moves. That is yep. J-O-C-E-M-O-V-E-S. And that's where you can find a whole bunch of dance, fire performing, aerial, pole dance, and all things movement related. <laughs> and I do yep. love to share the occasional meme or 20. <laughs> so if you like a laugh, uh, my stories are always very entertaining as well. Yeah, I can, I can tell, I can tell to everybody that it is very entertaining. Like <laughs> half of the memes that I find now are on Jocelyn's uh, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of Cocoa Butter Travel with Jocelyn. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please, please, please leave me a review and your rating. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And also make sure you subscribe to our Instagram account at Cocoa Butter Travel underscore podcast. I'll see you guys next week.